EMS One Academy, a training solution designed for EMS chiefs, offers more than 200 courses and 250 hours of continuing education. Our modern learning solution includes flexible reporting capabilities and features to upload agency-specific courses and track credentials for recertification. Easily streamline daily administrative workflow with EMS One Academy. Start your free trial. Visit www.emsoneacademy.com slash inside EMS. Well, it's that time of the week once again to go inside EMS. I'm your host, Chris Subalero, and here's the guy, the man, the myth, in his mind, the legend, <laughs> KG Kelly Grayson. Kelly, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm taking a break from packing clothes. I'm sitting here drinking a beer and eating some, some Cheetos and watching that cinematic masterpiece, The Replacements. What is that? Is that the football movie? Oh, dude, if you don't know that movie, I, we need to sit down and, and fill that gaping hole in your pop culture education. Yes, man, The Replacements. Yeah, I know. It's like the Citizen Kane of our time. <laughs> oh, Jesus, really? <laughs> I'm telling you, man. The Citizen Kane of our time. Is, is yeah. The best sports movie? Is You're saying that's the best sports movie out there? I'm just saying it's right up there in the pantheon. You know, you got win one for the Gipper, and, and you got... The, the towel of, of Shane Falco, you know. What I know you're hurt, you're bleeding, but but chicks dig scars, pain, temporary, glory, lasts forever. So what about the, the movie For the Love of the Game? I love that movie. I I, I, I got to confess to you, man. Did you cry? I, Did you cry? Yeah. Yeah, you, you I'm, cry, baby. I'm kind of sappy at, at, at some movies. I will, I will uh, get a little misty eyed at movies, and, and believe it or not, I get misty eyed at certain sports movies. I kind of got teary eyed at Rudy and and for love of the game, you know. And yeah, I, I, I'm I'm a sucker for that sort of thing. When he uh, when he won his uh, you know, he pitched his perfect game and ended his career on a good note. When he uh, he wrote on the baseball, you know, for. Uh, Tell them I'm done for love of the game. And then You're not going to start crying now, are you? Oh, man. Chase Dane down at the airport and, oh and uh, God, said dude. it didn't mean anything to, to me because you weren't there. You're, oh, man. Yeah, I squalled. Like a, like a girl. <laughs> crying like no, a girl. No, not like a girl. I just got a little misty-eyed. I got a little teary-eyed, you know, but it's in a, it's in a movie theater, so nobody could tell. But, yeah, uh, sure it was. Uh, sure it was. All right, man. But it, at least you have to admit it's a good movie. So for the guys who are out there, if you want a good chick flick, guy flick, for the love of the game, yeah, is, the, is, game. The, is the game, is the movie to see. And bring it home with you and say, hon, yeah. I got this movie for you. I thought we'd watch it together and you will not be disappointed. And if you're sappy like Kelly Grayson, you may even shed a tear or two. That, that's right. It's got a little bit of something for, for the, the man and the woman in it. So, Kelly, I want to share something with you that happened to me today. And, um, All right. Uh, it's kind of the first time it ever happened, but I had the opportunity to kind of stop in and uh, give a little talk about community paramedicine and reimbursement to the folks at Central Jackson County Fire Protection District. And uh, it's their community <clears throat> paramedic class. And I was up there, and I was, you know me, I, I was pontificating on the That's future. Right. That's right. On the, you were pacing around you in the scenery. On the on the uh, future of uh, community paramedicine, and mm-hmm. somebody actually raised their hand and said, "Well, you were talking about this on the podcast with Kelly Grayson, and one of the things that I wanted to know 
And I was like, how about that? Quoting the show to me. And uh, I got to tell you, man, it was really kind of cool. And, uh, you know, he he got me right. He misquoted you, but you're often misquoted. And uh, But how cool was that, man? He said, you said it on the show. That's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty neat, man. I was like, yeah. I I got a bad review one time. I got a bad review at a at a conference one time. I was doing my my keynote lecture, and uh, and someone just slammed me in review because I was so unoriginal. He said, "I half that stuff he was talking about in that keynote speech. He stole that from a guy named Ambulance Driver on the internet. I, I read his blog." <laughs> <laughs> I went, "Okay then." <laughs> yeah, well, I, I didn't know you sounded just like him, so that's the reason I wrote it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't know that you're the ambulance driver and a uh, really good blog. And uh, it's funny, you know, that EMS is really so small. And, and really, the, mm-hmm. the people that we, have, you know, impact on a daily basis, I mean, it crosses state lines. You know, it crosses uh, um, different uh, systems. And, you know, it's really fun that we have the opportunity to come and, you know, chat, share our knowledge. You know, I think that uh, it works out really well for the listeners out there. But... You know, we're really going to kind of switch gears, Kelly, and, you know, as we, we sit here and we laugh and joke in the beginning of the show, our, uh, you know, thoughts, our prayers, uh, our, our heavy hearts go down to the folks that are down there in uh, uh, Texas, and the shooting was just a, a horrible event that uh, not only affects a community, man, but it really, if you're not anywhere in the United States and this, this thing doesn't impact you, you know, once again, it drives home for us the the reality that we are not safe anywhere we go. And and this is a this isn't San Antonio. San Antonio is a bit away from where this, this church is. Yeah. And but this is small town USA, and you and mm-hmm. I have said for many many uh, times on these shows, you know, it's not the if that happens, but the when that happens. And this is mm-hmm. just more proof. And you know, I, I think I'd like to get your thoughts on it. But you know, I, I got to think, man. Do we have to start to think about you know putting uh, a body armor on our people? Do we have to start to think about putting you know? Um, I don't know, metal detectors in these common areas? I mean, are we getting to a place where we just can't keep citizens safe? I I don't I don't know that I'd go so that go that far. I will say that, you know, honestly the 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 spree shootings and the the, the mass shootings have have ramped up significantly. And I don't know if that's because of the decline in our our national discourse and we're all seething with with hatred for one another uh it seems like in the last few years or um if it's a lot of chickens that are coming home to roost for things that were set in motion years and years ago um but uh i I, and i'm i'm not going to to uh opine on on um I don't, I don't know what to say, man. Uh, all I can say is that uh, uh, to the folks of Southern Springs, Texas, uh, I, I'm truly, uh, they are in my prayers, uh, and especially for the the uh, the families of the lost and uh, and our brethren that are were that were tasked with responding to that. Uh, Tori McCallum uh, and a local EMT was responding to that scene uh, and on her way uh, realized that. Uh, um, her family members attended service uh, services there, and she lost her sister-in-law uh, and all of her uh, nieces and nephews. Uh, 
and a pregnant sister-in-law uh, from the uh, the actions of this this uh, evil uh, madman. And uh, man, I don't I don't know, Chris. It's I do think that we need to uh, realize that this is our new normal. Uh, and that there are no truly safe places and bad people don't wear signs and, 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 uh, there are no safe havens anymore. We all know that gun-free zones are, are actually victim disarmament zones. Um, and, and the bad places don't have signs on them either that say, you know, here, there be dragons. Uh, you have to be aware, uh, and you have to realize that, that, uh, probably the only person that is is going to be able to protect you is yourself and and sometimes you can't even protect yourself uh so if you think that you're shielded from this sort of thing because you live in small town middle america where everybody waves to each other and they pass on the street and you know everybody else's business and you, you go to church and school together um well here's here's proof otherwise uh this is not chicago where people are gunning down each other on a record basis every week uh this is in small town rural america and a town of of just a few hundred where they lost 10 percent of their population yeah, in amazing. one day yeah yeah you know the only good thing i can say about it is that uh a citizen stopped him and 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 an armed citizen and that and i'll i'll leave it at that but uh um, who knows what he would have <clears throat> would have done uh, had he not been fired upon by uh, by a bystander and caused him to drop his rifle and, and he, he then fled the scene uh, before he uh, cowardly took his own life. But um, yeah, you know, uh, I think that, you know I think that one of the things that we've got to think about is is certainly the emotion of the event. You know, mm-hmm. it affects the people who uh, you know are in this type of business. I mean, Kelly, because. This very easily could have been a, a call that you know we ran on and that uh, oh, yeah. had our loved ones in it. But one of the things that I think we've got to talk about here is, you know, you said it um, that it, it's becoming the new norm. But the thought has to be, where's all this training that was going on about the, you know, the discussion about the warm zones? And, and rescue you know, task forces and that sort of but thing. But are, yeah. we, are we just kind of putting these in place as a, uh, uh, I don't know, as a Band-Aid when these things happen. But I don't know that I'm seeing the widespread, and maybe I'm wrong, and, and out there in EMS land, if you're doing warm zone training and if you're you know being part of this uh, these events and, and, and training it pretty regular, drop us a line at the show at EMS1.com. We want to talk to you and we want to understand because I just don't think that we're seeing the you know, the, the, the reality that this is becoming a norm for us. And, you know, and it seems that every time this happens, and I got to say, somewhere in the United States, there's another copycat that's probably thinking about, you know, shooting up the next X right now. And how are we going to prepare as a, as a community? How are we going to prepare as a career field to handle these situations when it happens? And I got to tell you, you could probably hear it in my voice. I am, you know, as an EMS leader, if I had an organization right now, I don't know how I would be preparing this. But I will tell you this, and we've talked about it before. I think the best practice is this. They had that horrible shooting in Las Vegas. They had this, mm-hmm. this, this horrific shooting in Texas. You truly need to sit down with your leadership team. You truly need to sit down with your workforce. You need to listen to these 911 calls. And you need to be able to develop a plan 
based on this event as if it happened in your community. Mm-hmm. And, and you need to train on it. And you need to make this almost a, I don't know, man, does this need to be a quarterly training in organizations, Kelly, to where we know that, you know, we have a concert here and what if there was and how would we handle and where's the egress, where's the ingress, where's the blah, blah, blah. And I don't know that we're doing that enough. And I think what it does is it catches us with our pants down and then we're not able to deliver the highest quality of patient care to those patients who need us. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just don't know. I'm just frustrated. I don't know how to, I don't know what to talk about with this. Uh, I think that that at the very least, future EMT curricula or an EMS curricula need to integrate some degree of uh, tactical awareness and training uh, and warm zone operations into the initial curricula um, and, and face the fact that this is our reality now and that we need some degree of tra- tactical training and and probably uh, uh, protective body armor should be issued. Um, you know, it Kelly, would not me, have it would not this. have helped anyone in this situation. It didn't even help the shooter. Now I don't know. This has not been confirmed, but it was reported initially that that the shooter in this case in Sutherland Springs was wearing some type of either load bearing equipment uh, or soft body armor which is absolutely ineffective versus rifle caliber rounds, unless you're wearing military, uh, soft body, uh, military hard body armor. But, um, and the, the plumber that, that shot him, uh, hit him in the leg and hit him in the torso. And, and, and in his, uh, in his statement, he, he said he was, he was aiming for, for places that, uh, that were not covered by body armor. Um, even had he done so, if he's shooting at him with an AR-15, he's uh, it'll punch right through uh, anything but uh, uh, the highest level protection vests uh, and, and external body armor that the military wears. Uh, you know, shoot somebody in the chest with a rifle, uh, nothing's going to stop it. Uh, so this brings up a lot of good points. I mean, it, you know, if I got to tell you, man, I'm going to be honest with you. After this event, uh, and I was in Texas when this happened, I came home with a new 40 caliber handgun. I mean, yeah. and I'm not a big caliber, a big caliber handgun person. I've got a little 380. I've got a 38 revolver, you know. But I felt the need that I have to have more protection now, just in case these things are happening in my community. And I'm that guy. I'm that guy that needs to try to, you know, make these things stop. And it's these types of events that make us uh, have these. Uh, um, I don't know, uh, unpractical decision-making. You know, we're, we're acting, making decisions based on emotion. But I want to go back to something you said where you said, and we've been saying this a lot, we're never seeing this happen, that initial curricula needs to have this type. I don't know that it does. Mm-hmm. Because I think that this has to be more of a continuation or a continuing education process throughout our careers that, you know, we're, we're getting pediatric information that uh, our, our pediatric knowledge in our courses that we're not remembering when we need it, I think this is going to be one of those things as well. So I think you take it out of the initial curricula. I think that it has to go to the responsibility of the organizations. And I think organizations need to come up with disaster plans, with mass casualty shooting, with active shooter scenarios. And I think we really have to get to the days of that this has become a norm because we don't know when this is going to happen in our community. And this can't be something that we forget because we're not using this skill. Well, and and I agree with you that. I, I, I don't think that precludes uh, not putting it in the initial curricula. I don't think this is something that can be put 
relegated solely to the realm of continuing education and refresher training. Uh, first of all, because uh, historically that stuff, uh, particularly in the the uh, lower tier EMS agencies, has been pencil whipped beyond all belief. Uh, you know as well as I do that a great many EMS providers look at continuing education and refresher requirements as a burden and, and a cross they must bear and not the opportunity to better themselves and further their knowledge. Uh, that sucks. That's not the way it ought to be, but that's the way it is. Um, it, it's getting better with the National Registry's National Continued Competency Program. At least it's not as, as hidebound and outdated, and, and they, they recognize the value of of uh, hybrid and, and online education. Um, but you know as well as I do, in, in initial EMS training, what are they taught? They're taught this little mantra. They hold their hands in the air and they say, scene safe, BSI. And that's all that is said. Now, good programs really hammer at home, but it doesn't do a real good job to establish a mindset. And that's the problem. We don't, you know, EMS responders still don't really have that mindset. Um, maybe it's something along the lines of, of teaching an, an EVE course and integrating that into your, uh, into your EMS curriculum. So at least you know about um, a little bit about situational awareness and, and verbal de-escalation and how to, uh, how to at least avoid an attack or, or uh, mitigate any injury in a physical attack. But from a practical standpoint, we really do not have a combat mindset and, and, and it, any degree of self-awareness or of a situation is not promoted all that well. Um, maybe we should. And, add, and you see this. Add, maybe we should. Add, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Maybe we should add a tactical medic course to the to the in, you know the initial curriculum. Yeah, yeah that, that's fine. You know, something along these lines. A bunch of people at church, you know, communing with our maker, and some madman steps to the door and shooting. If and same thing in South Carolina. You know, um, if someone is going to go shoot up a church, do you think an patch on his arm, the perception that we're the good guys is going to stop someone? Not on your life. If they decide they want to go out in a blaze of glory, they'll walk into a fire station, start capping people. Uh, or they'll walk into a, probably not a police station because most of the people who do this are flat out cowards. Uh, but they're going to go to some place where they think people cannot shoot back. Uh, that's my opinion on it. Now, very difficult question to answer and, and to to my belief, it is a personal question, uh, a personal choice. Me, when I'm off duty and it is legal for me to do so, I'm carrying a firearm because if anything, Sutherland Springs and Las Vegas and all the other shootings have, have, uh, shown us is that the police simply cannot protect us. Not that they're not trained to, not that they don't really, really want to, and have dedicated their lives to that cause, but just coverage wise, they just, when seconds count, they are minutes away as it's. Who stopped this guy uh, in Sutherland Springs? A bystander heard his daughter saying that someone was shooting up the church. He runs outside barefoot with an AR-15, engages the shooter, hits him twice, makes him drop his rifle, and then he jumps in his SUV and roars off. And another bystander um, picked up the... Uh, uh, picked up the plumber and, and they gave chase to the guy. And once the guy ran off the road, police didn't show up at the scene for another seven minutes. No one is going to protect you. You have to do that yourself. How so you choose to. So Kelly, let me ask you this question though. I mean, we're, we're given a lot of our personal feelings and, and you know, when these things happen, of course it becomes personal. You know, you and I are in the, 
you know, in the public safety, we're in the first responder business, and we want to be the guys that are going to be there on what could be the worst day of somebody's life, and nothing could be worse than what happened down there in southern Texas. But, you know, so I, I think the thing that I want to ask you the most is now, I mean, what do we get out of this? What do we give the listeners when it comes to, you know, really kind of, I don't know, even if the word is preparing for something like this, but we, we got to take a lesson out of this, Kelly, and what do you think it is? I think first and foremost, we, it's time for a paradigm shift, not only in our personal life, in our professional lives, but our personal lives as well. Uh, we have to be aware of the risks we face every day uh, and, and have a plan for dealing with those risks. I'm not going to tell someone to carry a firearm uh, or, or how to protect themselves. That's a personal decision. But you have to acknowledge that there is a risk uh, and, and that what places we once considered safe havens and, and uh, um, low likelihood of, of anything bad happening are, are no longer safe. Um, and advocate and lobby your uh, EMS agencies to provide you with proper training and protection. At the minimum, I'd say that means uh, ballistic vests of some type uh, to wear on duty. Beyond that, um, I really don't know what I would recommend other than uh, we need training, we need education, we need the mindset to be able to pr protect ourselves uh, appropriately. Um, the weapon is the mindset uh, anyway. The, uh, the, the gun or whatever it is you happen to use is just a tool you employ. So that's what I would give our listeners. Um, keep your head on a swivel, to, to borrow a phrase from Chris Ceballero. But hey, that's what we think. We want to hear what you think. Email us at the show at ems1.com. And for myself and co host Chris Cebolero, thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. We'll catch you guys next week.